thank you for being here, Josh. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about practicing and performing before we jump into the Reddit questions. So you are an amazing creator. You create a lot of stuff oh, in yeah. Magic. Yeah, no, I love all your stuff. But um, how often do you practice your stuff before you go out to perform it? Because that's a big issue. A lot of people post videos online maybe a little bit too soon, and a lot of people think that they don't practice enough. So where, where's your line? Um, it really sort of depends on the trick. It's sort of like a, a per trick basis kind of deal. So like if it's, it, and then also I guess subsequently it depends if this is a trick that I'm doing more because I want to make a video of it or if I actually want to go out and like perform it for people. Uh, so I sort of like evaluate what it is I'm doing and where I would be doing it uh, when I decide how much I practice. So. Uh, for example, if it's one that I'm doing for like an Instagram video, if I can do it live, then I definitely go out and I perform it live. And most of the things, I think I've only done like one video on there that wasn't really the best uh, for a live performance. Mm -hmm. But what I do is I make sure that like it works when I perform for people. Um, and so to practice that, I practice a lot in front of a mirror. I have a mirror like literally right next to me. Uh, I use the computer a lot. I use my phone. And I just sit and I practice from a bunch of different angles in front of the camera. So I make sure like, okay, this angle looks good. This one, maybe not as good. So what can I do to clean that up? And it's when I feel that I could perform it for the camera without like being concerned of flashing, then that's sort of when I start to feel a little bit more confident because since I'm trying these multiple angles, it's also sort of simulating like the real world because like obviously I know in the real world when you're performing for people, you don't just have someone straight ahead. You have people to your right, to your left, sometimes above you. If you're standing, they're sitting there below you. So I try figuring out what the ideal angles are so that way I know like where I'd be performing, whether it's for a camera, for a live audience. And if I feel like I can do it without there being any flashing, so in the case of the camera example, if I just record myself a bunch of times, from different angles. If I'm able to do it without flashing, then I'm like, okay, you know what, this is good. Now I can go film it. And then typically it will take me actually a couple of takes to get it right on camera just because of the fact that like, in addition to making sure I'm flashing, or not flashing rather, I wanna make sure that like obviously it looks nice on camera, the camera's in focus, and a bunch of things like that that you don't really consider when you're performing in the real world because obviously people's eyes aren't gonna go out of focus. Like you don't have to worry about that um, and if they are then you should probably reevaluate your act um, but you don't have to worry about those things so it's almost in some ways tougher to perform it for the camera than a live audience because like with a live audience you have patter you have misdirection but with a video camera it's just unblinking and staring and you can't really do anything uh, like to fix that like is because I know some people like will change camera angles but whenever you do that people accuse you of like doing something because obviously since it's not a live experience for them, they're like, oh, clearly when you swapped camera angles, you did a switch or you did a ditch or something like that. So it's a little bit tougher to actually do it straight for the camera because you have to rely on it just looking good without the use of any like audio misdirection because mm -hmm. I'm sure all of us have been here before when you're performing and if you didn't say something at a certain point, your audience would notice that you did something because you have to ask them a question. You have to snap your fingers. You have to do something to cover up that. And with the video aspect, that's not something you have. So I actually find that doing these videos make me a better magician performing because 
since I have to figure out how would I perform this without relying on misdirection and stuff like that, once I have the ability to use misdirection and talking and just engaging with my audience, it makes it a lot easier. Um, like a perfect example would be is I do my um, ripped and restored dollar bill, ripped and relocated. Um, and with that one, it actually took me a couple of times to get it really good on the camera just because of the fact that like in a normal uh, performance, I would be saying something at this moment. And I had to figure out, okay, well, I can't do that, so I have to make sure this looks as clean as possible. And it actually made the handling even better because now like I know that I could perform this without speaking and it will still look just as well as if I was talking. So it, it's sort of, it, I know that sort of rambled off at the end uh, a bit, but yeah, it's just, I basically, I practice it until it looks good from any angle and I feel like I don't have to worry about flashing because that's like the, obviously the big concern when you perform a new trick is you don't want to mess up, you don't want to expose it. And that's also part of the reason why a lot of the times the first people I show when I'm actually performing a trick are family members or close friends, people who have seen me do magic before and know that I can do magic. And so if something were to go wrong, they're not going to suddenly like judge me and be like, oh, well, this is the worst magician I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. Like they are able to be like, okay, well, he did a really, really cool trick and he said he just started this one. So you know what? Hey, I feel special that he's letting me help him. So it actually makes it a little bit better because now they're going in like feeling like, oh, cool. Like you're, you're letting me into your magical world. And now I'm helping you become a better magician. And then later, you could do that same trick for them, and they won't even realize it. Because like you've now practiced enough, and you've changed enough, that the trick that you may have messed up that first time, completely different to them the second time around. So sort of, it's an internal thing. When you feel like you're ready, and you feel like, okay, like I don't have to worry, that's when it's good to perform. That was a really long explanation. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you can work yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> No, I like that answer. Uh, you said something I found interesting. You said that with the camera, you don't necessarily have that pattern, the audio misdirection. So do you find that after you make an effect work for the camera, will you sometimes do it differently for real people? Or will you just keep doing it the same for real people and then just let the camera performance be the camera performance? Uh, it's a combination of both. It sort of depends, mm -hmm. honestly, on what the, the, the effect is. Because, like, for example... Um, like maybe I might sleeve something on camera just because I know it would look cleaner doing mm -hmm. it that way. But in a real performance, I wouldn't want to do sleeving because I know that a simple like shuttle pass would right. work just as fine. So it's nice though having those options because depending on the audience, maybe I have an audience that's like particularly burning my hands and they think that if I did a shuttle pass, I did something like just because like they're accusing you of like if you sneeze like oh obviously that was part of the trick like you've had those audiences where it's just like no matter what it does, obviously it's messed up and it's clearly a a gimmick or or a lie or something like that. Mm -hmm. So in a situation like that, maybe the sleeping option that I did in the video might actually work better to my advantage because it lets me show my hands clean immediately as opposed to doing a fake transfer and then doing a ditch at some point. So sort of again it's a case-by-case -case basis but it's nice having both of those as an option because then you don't have to feel like oh crap well this isn't going to work what do i do so you sort of have like option a option b and you know that no matter which one you do you'll still get the same end result at the end for the audience so right so basically just whatever works the best for the situation 
Exactly. Yeah. So like sometimes the the video one works best. Sometimes it worked really really good for video, but maybe I, it would just be a lot easier in the real world to do a, <laughs> something else. And because I have that like misdirection of being able to talk to my spectators, it looks exactly the same to them. So it's like I said, it really is interesting when you film videos versus performing for people because you have to sort of like completely think of different things that you normally wouldn't do and like for me personally one thing i really try to stay away from is like i don't like ditching things off a of camera mm-hmm. um, only because of the fact in the real world i wouldn't be able to like toss something off to the right <laughs> of me kind of deal so if i'm going to be doing a ditch off screen i try to ditch it in the way that i would do it in the real world so in that case it's almost like flipped around so now i'm bringing in the real world method into the video performance because of the fact that I want to make sure that if someone watches that video, they're like, oh, well, obviously you must have had to ditch it off a screen or something like that. I can be like, nope, like I can do this in the real world. And then I could go film a performance and prove that this is something that I can do in the real life situation. All right. So you're just trying to get as far away from these camera tricks as possible. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I almost actually feel because of the fact that like my actual field of profession is I'm an animator. I work in the oh, VFX mm-hmm. industry. Mm-hmm. So because I actually work in a world where we can make anything happen on camera, mm-hmm. that's why I try to stay so far away from anything that could remotely be taken as that. Just because like I know that if I were to do camera tricks, I could do amazing camera tricks and I don't right. want that to happen. I want people to still be just as amazed knowing the thing that I showed them on the video is something that if they met me in person, I could do it for them. Mm-hmm. So. I have kind of a similar viewpoint. I, um, I don't have a professional career of it, but I'm in my last year of school for video editing. So oh, awesome. yeah, I, I don't do camera tricks on my magic, but the same thing, I can't animate, but <laughs> I, could, I could do some tricks. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, no, definitely. So it it's, almost feels like there's a little bit extra pressure because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, man, they know that I can do these things. <laughs> so I need to make sure that they know I'm not doing these things. Right. So. Yeah, I love the hashtag you use, and I've started using it in my stuff, the uh, Instagram, on Instagram, the hashtag, I think it's I hate camera tricks magic. Yep, yep. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Uh, Demian um, was the one who started that whole, like, hashtag. And the second I saw it, I'm like, oh, <gasps> that's perfect. Yeah, I, I, I first saw it on yours, but like now that i notice it it's kind of everywhere just because i notice it now i think yep and i think it's because a lot of people especially since like instagram has sort of become its own subgenre of magic like yeah. for these super visual things sure. a lot of people are using it just to show that hey look this is something that's not a camera trick just because a lot of people just automatically assume with like people with like zach king who can throw himself through a wall and his clothes like stay in place? <laughs> yeah, he, they want to make sure that like no 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 this is not, I'm not Zach King I'm I'm a real mm-hmm. magician. So for Instagram magic, uh, speaking of that, do you ever create just for Instagram? Because I know uh, like Whiplash is super visual. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but I played with the idea of the cards, the opening the card box. What's that effect? Oh, called? Uh, Geronimo. Yeah, Geronimo. Like those are both super visual. Do you ever do either of those in the real world, or do they stay oh, 100%, on Instagram? Oh, hundred percent. Okay, hundred percent. Yeah, no. Uh, Whiplash was something that I was doing in my gigs for years before I ever actually like released it. Mm-hmm. And then when it came out, I st- I mean, I still do it. I have it mm-hmm. literally in my bag for work with <laughs> nice. me. So I use Whiplash all the time. And then with Geronimo, the whole reason for that 
is I loved a lot of the visual like box vanishes. Nicholas Lawrence's U2, mm-hmm. super, super cool. I really like them. Um, but the thing for me is I wanted to come up with one, for first of all, for myself, because sometimes like I'll see people have their own versions of things. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I want to come up with my own version. Mm-hmm. And just sort of like almost like an exercise in creativity. Like, okay, what can I do that can be maybe just as visual as that one, but it's easier to make than this one, and maybe it's a little bit cleaner. Is that like I try to take bits and pieces of like what I would want in my own and make that happen. And so with Geronimo, the whole thing started was I loved uh, Nicholas Lawrence's. I thought it was super fantastic. Um, but I, at that point, I was sort of going through a couple of different decks uh, that I was using at the restaurant because I was trying to figure out which one I was getting cheapest and which one it lasted the longest. And so I didn't want to have to keep on making a new U2 gimmick for each and every one of those right. just because of the fact that it is a little bit more uh, time intensive than some other gimmicks. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, how can I make something that's just as visual that is easier to make? So that way, if I had to make one up sort of on the fly kind of deal, like maybe I only had an hour before a gig, I could definitely make one and not have any concern about it breaking or anything. And so that's sort of how that one came to be. And so I literally, after I came up with it, worked on it for a while. I posted the video, people seemed to like it, I took it out into the real world and I used it in the restaurant uh, for probably about two or three months before I ended up switching to the opener that I currently use. Um, but yeah, I used that one in the restaurant for a while and it worked really, really well. And the handling for that, actually the one that I taught on the Penguin Lecture came from doing it in the restaurant because I was doing a completely different handling and just working in the restaurant, I realized, oh, oh, this is so much easier, this is how I should be doing it. And so it's one of those things where, like, initially I had one way of doing it in my mind. And then I came up with some other ones. So I'm like, no, I'm going to stick with that one. And then one day it just hit me. I'm like, oh, my God, this is it. Like, this is how to do it. So, yeah, I definitely make sure, like I said, that I do stuff that can be done in the real world. And I'm trying to think the only one. There's two. There's two videos that I've done that I can at least think of off the top of my head that would be tougher to do in the real world they could be done if you were doing like a close-up show uh but for strolling not gonna happen and it was i did a card through table uh, a card through glass one um the method for that was ridiculous and would only <laughs> like i said in a parlor situation and then there was a video that i did with jeff price uh mm-hmm. where i took a dollar bill and i made it vanish visually and then it reappeared uh, in California and he made it visually reappear and that one again totally doable in a performance setting if I was like on stage or in a close-up gallery but I could not do that strolling at all right uh, but so I guess that would be the closest to a Instagram only trick that I could think of because I try to make sure that the stuff I post on Instagram is things that I could do strolling since that's the situation I'm typically in so mm-hmm. But still, technically, you can do it in the real world. So it's one of those, like, oh. Right. <laughs> so you mentioned your Penguin Lecture. Just yes. how was that? That's got to be exciting. That was so much fun. So it was particularly exciting for me for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. And that was because when I first got into Magic, like, the first, like, legit Magic site I found was Penguin Magic. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, they had forums, which were the greatest thing ever. I miss those forums so much, and I wish that they were still around. Um, but I'm also kind of glad that they're not, so no one can see my stupid questions I asked when I first got into <laughs> magic. Nice. Um, but that forum was fantastic, and I met a lot of 
my really good magic friends from that forum. Jeff Grace, for example, who's one of my best friends just in general, we met originally on the Penguin Magic forums just because I just started into magic and he had just released gum. Like it was literally maybe within like three months of each other or something. Mm -hmm. So like he was just starting to like become a magic creator that people knew and I was just starting to get into magic. So he was really nice and he sent me his gum DVD and like just chatting with them. Uh, Chris Beeson, who works for Penguin, uh, now actually got the job through the Penguin forum. Um, but he's one of my really good friends. So like that whole thing was super awesome. So being able to do a Penguin Live was just like a complete dream. Just because like when they started doing those, it's like, oh, that's really cool. Like I, I want to be able to do one of those. And like hopefully one day people will actually want to like learn my stuff. And I got like a little taste of it because in Jeff's Penguin lecture, I think he did three things that were mine in there. Mm-hmm. And oh, really? That's yeah, cool. <laughs> it, yeah. It's actually, it's really funny because so his was back when the videos were actually live. Right. Um, and because now the format, uh, it, for those who don't know, it used to be that it was a live uh, lecture. So the audience was just typically magicians because obviously they'd be learning stuff. But now the way they do it, which I actually think is super cool, is you do a live show the night before and then you do the lecture uh, for magicians. And so what's nice about that is you're able to play clips of your performance the night before so they can actually see it like being done for an actual audience, which is kind of nice. Um, but yeah, so Jeff's was back when it was still live. And if you watch at the very end, he's about to, he says, oh, this is my last trick. And then he looks at his phone and he says, oh, I've just been informed. I forgot one trick. And that was me texting him because since the night before he had told me what he was going to do, I had his set list um, on my phone. And so I saw that he had forgot one of the tricks he wanted to go uh, cover. So I texted him quickly so he wouldn't forget. <laughs> so, nice. just, so, that was, so that was sort of like my first experience with Penguin Live. I was like, oh, that's really cool. So like I was already super excited. Now I'm like, I want this to happen. Yeah. And then finally they, they came to me. They're like, hey, we, we want to do a, a Penguin Live with you. And I was like, yes, let's do that. I'm super excited. Like I, I was so pumped. And it was, it was actually really funny because it happened around the same time that Murphy's asked me to do an at the table. So mm-hmm. I filmed both of those. They're going to come out significantly uh, time apart, but I filmed both of those within a month of each other. Um, and so I had to come up with two completely different lectures because I wanted to make sure that you didn't get the same material twice because that's mm-hmm. like so annoying when you like buy one lecture from one place and you're like, oh, I'm going to go buy the other lecture too. And it's the same exact stuff. Yeah. So I made sure that they were two completely different lectures and it was just like, the month leading up to the penguin one, I was just like going through all of my archives, being like, okay, well, I know I'm going to cover this one and that one, and I want to do this one and that one, and oh, this would be really good. So it was like it was a huge thing because I was also getting ready to move to Canada, which I am now in Montreal. So it was just like a bunch of stuff happening all at once, and then obviously I was super excited because like here's one of my magic dreams like coming true, like I can check that off the bucket mm-hmm. list. So and I've known a lot of the penguin people for years, just again through meeting them uh, at conventions and some of them uh one of the guys nick he used to live in orlando so i used to oh, really? out with him cool. yeah he used to live in this place called the magic estate mm-hmm. um which is a super cool place in orlando it was founded by jeff kaler and anton james and they used to have these massive like magic jam sessions where people from all over the place would come and like that's how i met mike lamar that's how i met magic belay alex pandrea chad long robbie moreland a uh, bunch of people would show up there. So that's how I knew Nick. 
So it was cool doing the the Penguin Live just because I've known some of these people mm-hmm. for years, and like it was just sort of like hanging out with friends and talking to people. That's awesome. So, and I'm not just saying it because you're here, but your your lecture on Penguin was one of the better ones I've seen. I I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, but so you did the two lectures, and you moved to Montreal. Yes. And you have a book that's out now. Oh, yes, yes. So yes. I have the – I'm currently working on a bigger book, but I have a okay. booklet that just came out, mm-hmm. uh, which is Just Joshim. Mm-hmm. And so that, those were my lecture notes uh, in a little book form because I wanted to, like, make something really nice. And that one was actually really fun because it was sort of a collaboration of me and some of my closest friends. So my buddy Sean Sinko, who was, like, the first magician I ever, like, actually, like, befriended and hung out constantly with in person um, – he actually introduced me to like all the magicians in Orlando. So hi, Sean. Um, <laughs> but he took all the photos uh, for the book, and then my friend Lindsay, who I, I did animation school with, she took the cover photos. Jeff helped with the writing, and then my buddy Graham uh, helped with the actual like layout and design of everything. So it was like it was a really fun project, just because like I got to work with a lot of my closest friends to create this amazing what, looking and hopefully full of cool mm-hmm. tricks uh, lecture book and I people were really liking it at my lectures and a couple of people were like oh like are you going to make this available just in general so I ended up making it available in general so people can uh, enjoy and it has 10 of my favorite effects and they're all stuff that like I've actually used in the real world because again I actually go out and perform uh, before I moved here and started my full-time job I was a restaurant magician in Orlando, so like I had to make sure things actually worked because you're doing it for table after table after the table, so it has to be quick to reset, it has to be good pretty angle-wise, all these things. So this booklet is full of those kinds of tricks that I use and hopefully other people will use. Yeah, that was really cool. I was going to buy it, but it's out of stock. Come on, Josh. <laughs> it's too popular. Is it really? Oh, my gosh. Okay, wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, did, I actually didn't know that. Oh, wow. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That, that's well, a there you surprise. go. Uh, there's some news. Some good news I guess, for you. I guess I better go order some more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for uh, Restaurant Magic, you just mentioned doing Restaurant Magic in Orlando. You do have a full-time animation job up in Montreal now. Are you going to still be doing as much magic? Yes and no. That was an awkward question. (laughs) (laughs) Cut the review. No, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. Yes and no. So I'm always going to be doing magic. Um, But right now, since for me, animation is actually like my main passion, my main career, Mm -hmm. that is what has the primary focus. Mm-hmm. So I, since I just moved to the area, I haven't even been here for like a month. So I haven't okay. even been at my work for a month yet. I want to sort of get like used to everything. And then I might start looking into doing like maybe one restaurant like on the weekends kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But definitely just with the, the workload um, that I have. And then also because like I said, I am in the film industry. So like there's going to be a time where it's like, all right, this is crunch time. Like you have to do this. And that's when right. my social life is going to like vanish. So like I definitely am open to doing shows here. I actually... Uh, got contacted by one of my Uber drivers, which is a funny story, um, to do a show, uh, I think, in like two months here. So I'm definitely going to still be performing. And I perform at my office. I actually just this past Friday was the day that people found out I was a magician. So that was fun. Um, 
but yeah, I definitely am going to like still be performing and stuff, but, and then always creating magic. Like that's never going to stop kind of deal. So, but it, since the full-time job is the priority, I'm probably not going to be doing as much of like professional gigs as I used to. So, right. and so with the professional gigs, um, I mainly know you as a restaurant magician. That's what you are pretty much on the internet. You always have restaurant advice and that's kind of what people refer to you as on yeah. like Reddit. And I don't know if you're active on the magic cafe anymore, but I, yep, still am. I know I've seen, I've seen you on there before. <laughs> <laughs> how, how much, how many gigs do you do that aren't restaurant magic? Like Ugh. if you had to go percentage wise, like I'm trying to think honestly. Yeah. The majority of the gigs were restaurant magic. Um, before I did the restaurant stuff, obviously I did a lot more of other shows. Yeah. Like I used yeah. to do kids shows. Um, I used to do a lot of like fairs and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I would definitely say the percentage was predominantly like 90% restaurant stuff just because of the fact that like it was something I felt the most comfortable doing uh it was consistent kind of deal and then also since i do travel a lot because of magic uh it was also sort of like the easiest to handle because there were a couple times where i would get a gig offer and i was already like out of the state at that time so with the restaurant it was the most consistent so i would definitely say that was the the majority of it but like before i did the restaurants most of them were uh like fairs um uh couple bar mitzvahs as well um and just like casual strolling events was basically what i was doing so all i did was i took that and i applied that to the restaurant because it was pretty much the same thing except it's in the same place every time so (laughs) and you mentioned doing kids magic and whenever somebody says they do kids magic i have to ask a question okay how different is your kids magic material than your regular working material a bajillion percent different. <laughs> a bajillion percent. Yeah. Um, when I perform for Kids Magic, I am very silly mm-hmm. and like very all over the place. Uh, what you call it? Mario, the magician, who mm-hmm. is amazing. And if you guys have not seen him, like go see him. I, I know he's a kids magician. Incredible show. Mm-hmm. Um, so his super hyper all over the place character is similar to what I would do, not nearly as intense as his. Like his I, I was out of breath watching his show. Right. And I was like, that's amazing that he I does always love the time. Um, but yeah, like for me, like when I would do kid shows, the first thing I would do is a vanishing bandana, uh, like a vanishing silk handkerchief effect. And it's a pretty it's a long for a kid show routine just because there's a lot of stuff. It's not the just like, oh here's the handkerchief and now it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like First, I put it into my hand, and it falls through the my fist. And I'm like, ta-da, it's gone. Everyone's like, it's on the floor. And like, I freak out. And so then, like, I'm like, oh, I'm so silly. Like, forgot the magic words. Like, that that was the mistake. So they say the magic words, and then I put it in my hand, and it, like, it pops up in my face. I'm like, ah, I forgot that. And then the, we're like, oh, we forgot the wand. So, like, I bring the kid up, and we do the breakaway wand. And then finally, it's like, it vanishes. And then, like, I cough it up at the very end. And it's just, like, this really long routine. But, like, I would never do that in a strolling situation. <laughs> right. Uh, first of all, just because I'm, like, literally screaming and running around. And that probably wouldn't look good at a corporate event. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah, it, it's a very, very different show. And then also, like, with kids stuff, like, I don't do, like, card tricks or money tricks just because, like, that's not something that they can relate to. 
Um, so it, yeah, it's a very, very different show. It takes a lot out of me, but yeah. it's fun. I really enjoy it. So that's cool. I'm I'm just asking everybody because I just got contracted to do magic for the Parks and Rec uh, services this summer. And oh, that's fun awesome. fact: I don't have a kids show. Okay, well, so, um, yeah. <laughs> Eric Leclaire is really? okay. someone. Yeah, his uh, he has a SpongeBob routine, mm-hmm. which is absolutely amazing. Oh, I, uh, is is that the one with the the pointer finger yes. for a wand? Yep, yeah. I have that. So good, I have that. so good. Yep, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, David Kay's Silly Billy, mm-hmm. uh, like book and DVD, mm-hmm. are great. And you actually let me pull it up for you. There's a DVD series that I used to use a lot. Let's see if I can find it. See, everyone listening, this is why Josh Janowski is awesome. He's just a super helpful guy. He's an amazing creator. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Where's my order history? Um, <laughs> where is it? You can tell that this was a while ago just because I'm, like, scrolling through. Yeah, you can tell that we definitely had this planned because right? it was seamless like, we're pulling oh, it off. <laughs> 100%. Okay, where's yeah. it? let's go to my account. Um, but, yeah, th- th- in a moment, I'll tell you a uh, DVD series that I recommend because this guy who I it's killing me I can't remember his name I want to say he's Australian um, which I don't know if that will help at all because he you know it was before that I know an Austrian kids magician if that helps <laughs> <laughs> they start with the same letter yeah, they um, sound similar <laughs> ah, here we go here we go uh, no fail kids magic by Sean Taylor Okay, I haven't heard yeah. of that. Yeah, so he has three DVDs, and they are absolutely fantastic. A lot of great information um, on kids' stuff, because he's been, at that time of the DVD, he had been doing it for, like, 15 years, um, and there's over, like, 30 tricks and routines and effects. It's super cool. Uh, so, yeah, I would definitely recommend checking that out since... Cool, yeah, I will. And more, more anyone stuff. listening, Kids Magic, if you want, that's apparently a great resource. <laughs> Right? People, who would have expected yeah. my talk uh, with you? It would have been talking about kids' magic. Yeah, we went from creation to Instagram to restaurant to kids' magic. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're good at segues here. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of segues, they're a little bit awkward, so let's just jump in. How'd you turn it <laughs> from a hobby to a career? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, oh, that's a good question. Well, okay, so the first oh, Real quick, show... no pressure. I asked this to Dan Harlan, and he talked for about 40 minutes. So, <laughs> well, In that case, I'm going to talk for 46. There you uh, go. <laughs> no. um, yeah, so for me, the first time I did a show, and it wasn't a paid show, but it was like my first time doing a show, Was I? it was a kid's show uh, at my local library. And I was actually friends with my librarian, um, which, you know, shows the kind of kid I was in high school. Yeah. Um, but, so I was friends with my librarian, and she knew that I was, like, doing magic, and she's like, oh, like, do you want to do a show here one time? I'm like, yes, let's do it. I was super pumped. And the show was supposed to, I was going to do two shows, and it was going to be, like, 40 people total. So, like, mm-hmm. between the two shows, it was going to be right. 40 people. And it ended up being, like, 125 oh, or wow. something. Like, I was not expecting that. And that's the first time I'm performing for, like, mm-hmm. people that aren't, like, my classmates. I'm like, yeah. oh, gosh, this is, this is going to be interesting. Thankfully, it went really well. Uh, but after that, I was like, oh, I want, I want to do more. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be a uh, coincidence. But I ended up uh, running into 
a person that I knew in high school, and she was working at her mom's daycare center. And she was like, oh, you're a magician now. You know what, you should like chat with my mom. Maybe you could do some shows at the daycare. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. So yeah. I spoke with her mom. I uh, ended up starting doing shows at the daycare, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. So like now like I'm starting to do some shows and stuff. Um, and then at that point, I switched to a different college. And when I went to the new college, uh, I went to UCF, which is like one of the, lar- I think it actually is the largest uh, university in the U.S. now. Like it's like 65,000 students. Yeah, it's ridiculous. either that or I think George Mason. And the only reason I say that is because that's where I go and they're big about being one of the biggest. Nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was going to say, it keeps on like swapping around. So I don't yeah. know where, who, who's winning right yeah. now. UCF um, is pretty big though. I've got, a, I've got a couple friends that go there. I grew up in Florida and Jacksonville. So, oh yeah, I forgot you yeah. were telling me about yeah. that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, UCF is huge. And so I was, I would do street magic, uh, videos at UCF. Uh, Sean would be my camera person and we'd walk around and film videos and at one point, I was performing for someone. They're like, "Oh, you should talk to like the campus advisory board because they do these things called, um, oh gosh, what was it? UCF nights. It was, it was something with nights. I'm trying mm-hmm. to late nights. Late nights is what it was called. They're big it was on a, nights. <laughs> I was gonna say UCF's mascot. For those who don't know, is a knight. So like, whenever you could use a knight pun, they would. Yeah. Uh, so it was called late nights. And they were like, "You should talk to them." And so I remember I I went to the their office. I'm like, "Hey, I'm a magician." I heard you guys do things, can I perform at your things? And then I started having a monthly gig where I would be performing for hundreds of students. And it was great because like, I actually got consistent feedback that like, the reason they kept on bringing me back is because I was one of the things that everyone would mention. That's just because awesome. most people haven't seen magic. And it got to the mm-hmm. point where uh, I'd be walking around campus and people would be like, hey Josh, how you're doing? <laughs> and it was super awkward because like, they obviously remember me because I'm a magician, mm-hmm. but like I performed for like 300 people that weekend. So like I don't remember every single person. Yeah. So like I was suddenly panicking. I'm like, how do I know them? Like, do I have class with them? What's happening? And then realizing later on that it was a group that I performed for, but it was, it was really cool. So like that's sort of when it became more of like not just a hobby uh, anymore. Mm-hmm. And then when I graduated college, um, that's again when I started to actually like do magic conventions and so I was now being booked to go uh places and perform while I was there and then eventually I was like you know what I want to be able to have a a steady performance gig and also get some income I'm gonna go do some restaurant stuff so it sort of all evolved from that one library show and I know this wasn't 46 minutes so I should just like (laughs) read the the phone book to catch Mm -hmm. up with Dan (laughs) I, I have two questions that are completely not related to magic. They're just Orlando questions. <laughs> okay. okay. Have you ever had Lazy Moon pizza? So I'm actually allergic to, oh, no. like, everything. Back it up. Back it up. <laughs> yeah, right? Delete this immediately. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm allergic to, like, everything. So I unfortunately never had Lazy Moon oh, pizza. No. But my friends did, and it smelled delicious. Yeah. And it was really big. Yeah, I was really just the whole thing. It's just one slice is as big as your head. Yeah, yeah, and I have a big head. So <laughs> <laughs> one slice is as big as Josh's head specifically. They actually measured his head before they started the restaurant. Yeah, it was really weird. Sure. I don't know where they got that measurement because I've yeah. never been there myself. But <laughs> yeah, there's a cast of his head in the <laughs> restaurant at every table. 
my god, that would be so creepy and cool all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, especially if you don't know about it. Right. Yeah. I just walk in. I'm like, what is happening here? Like, huh, is what? this a cult? Am I running a cult? Did no one tell me? <laughs> like, did I accidentally buy a pizza shop when I was drunk? <laughs> I don't drink either, so I, I really <laughs> want to know how that happened. Yeah. Man, what, how did this happen? <laughs> okay, the second Orlando question. Um, at Disney Springs, which is Downtown Disney, they just changed the name because Downtown Disney wasn't a part of my childhood or anything. I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> oh. they, they like changing names. I they still do, call they do. Hollywood Studios like MGM, and I don't know what yeah. it is now. Oh. Oh. But continue, sorry. Yeah. I was no, ranting oh, it's with fine. You. <laughs> yeah. MGM. I went to MGM. I didn't go to Hollywood Studios. Um, <laughs> have you done... I, I just did this when I was down there for spring break. Have you done something, the Star Wars experience, The Void? No, I actually have oh, not done okay. that yet because they started to open that when I was moving. Oh, no. Yeah, so I never got a chance to do it. Oh but God. next time I'm in Orlando, I'm definitely going there. Yeah. Because These I am Orlando questions are not working out. <laughs> I'm a humongous Star Wars fan, like a massive yeah. Star Wars fan. So Just, I uh, definitely will be doing it when it, I go back to like. It was again. great. Uh, yeah, well, actually, set, one of my friends high just expectations today about doing it. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to wow. do it. It was fun. <laughs> cool. So back to magic. <laughs> <laughs> Since those seem to be working out better, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you you have good answers for those, and I just <laughs> I just butcher myself on these Orlando questions, trying to relate to another human. <laughs> it's, it's all good. You're doing great. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and I was not paid to say that. This is a. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so transitions and. Um, cameraman when mad when magic magicking wow yes. wow words are hard <laughs> they are so when you're performing restaurant magic sometimes you record that is it ever awkward when you bring a cameraman how does that work does he just come for one trick or does he stay the so whole i night? actually have never had a cameraman in the restaurant instead oh, really? yeah i, I just like hand them my that. phone oh okay yeah uh, i literally i just hand them my phone and i'll Normally, it's one of two things. I either tell them, like, hey, look, like, this is something I'm trying out. Mm-hmm. Do you think we could film it so that way I could, like, watch it back later? And they're like, oh, that's cool. Because now they feel like they're part of something. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's like, oh, my gosh, I love this trick so much. I want to, li- like, relive it. Is it cool if I film this? Like, so yeah. that's been a thing. And then uh, one time it was just like I said, hey, I'm getting some footage together for a demo video. Is that cool? So I hand them the camera. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of fun. Because, I mean, like, the quality obviously isn't the best because it's, yeah. it's my cell phone. And obviously, typically, they're kind of inebriated, so it's <laughs> a little shaky. But it's still kind of cool being able to get, like, that in. So, And then if I'm able to do the trick with one hand, there's been a couple times where I'm holding the camera and performing uh, oh, with cool. hand. Actually, uh, the live performance I posted for IG, mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened is oh, I'm wow. holding my phone up by my face and I'm like you doing the trick with the other hand and mm-hmm. that's how I did that entire performance but I, I got a cool video of me doing it so worked out in the end that's awesome but yeah I, I just never brought in a camera person just because of the fact that my normal go-to camera people would always been busy on nights mm-hmm. I was performing so I never really looked into hey could I bring someone in and then have to figure out like waivers and stuff because it's a lot easier to just be like yeah, hey for sure can you film yourself is that cool because then they give you permission right there so yeah so 
I do some restaurant work too. I I uh, just once a week. Um, wow, I'm blanking on the name of the restaurant. Texas Roadhouse. That's it. Oh, cool. Nice. <laughs> I should know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's so awkward sometimes when people instead of like participating in the magic they just get out snapchat do you ever experience stuff like that like they just want to record you they don't really want to watch you yes i have that but i try to use that to my advantage Mm -hmm. so um like one thing i mentioned in my penguin live for those who haven't seen it is i have a little sign um that it's a little like table tent that i place at uh the table when i perform and i have my social media information on that so if I'm performing and someone says, oh, can I snap this? First of all, I always say yes. Oh, for just sure. Just because yeah. of the fact that, like, I know a lot of people are like, no, you can't film me, blah, blah, blah. Um, really? Wow. Yeah. No, I'm know. all for I, it. Exactly, right? So I'm all for it. But what I specifically do is I tell them to make sure that they get the sign, uh, okay. like, in the shot. And it gets a laugh, but also I've gotten, like, followers and messages from people who mm-hmm. have seen that. I actually got a message on Instagram from another magician who saw me on their friend's Snapchat, wow. which was a whole <laughs> long circle there. Um, actually, it wasn't. It was like three things. But still, so the, mm-hmm. the deal is, though, because of that. So like I also typically, if I see that they're filming it, I try to then maybe modify what it is that I'm doing because mm-hmm. I obviously know that, like, okay, there's a camera, so I can't be doing a top change here because they'll see that Mm -hmm. so how am I gonna change it up so like I have certain things that I know would maybe look a little bit better um on snapchat that also looks good in person like whiplash is actually a great example because that's a trick that I know I can perform in person for camera so I don't have to worry about something flashing or being caught on anything or this angle being bad because that's something that you can do from literally any angle so like that's a trick that I use a lot uh, if someone pulls out their phone to Snapchat something, or I'll do uh, some sort of like mentalism thing where I get a peek, but they have no idea that I've gotten a peek. So even if you watch the video back, like I've never seen something, or like I'll specifically get the peek before they start recording. So now on the the video, it right. looks like I'm just straight up mind reading, <laughs> which is fantastic. So yeah, I I have no issue with it. I just maybe readjust what I'm doing to like adapt to that, but typically. At some point, they end up putting the camera away because, like, with Snapchat specifically, since you only have like those ten seconds, and then I guess you can do like another clip. I don't know. I don't use Snapchat, but <laughs> because it's a shorter time, a lot of times people will miss stuff, and then they end up actually putting their phones away so they can enjoy the moment. Yeah. So sometimes that actually works out better in my favor because I got the quick little exposure, uh, and then they put the phone away, and then they're more into the moment. Cool. Yeah. You mentioned Whiplash uh, going in a completely different direction. That was a great answer, but... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, Whiplash actually came out right when I was going from, I'm going to learn from YouTube videos to, oh, there are real people doing better things. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, that's about the time when I started getting serious in magic is when Whiplash came out. And that was the first effect of yours that I noticed. And I'm like, wait... Is that a guy from Reddit that was answering the questions? <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember your your, uh, your review that you posted. Oh, like, yeah, I did cool. do that. I was very yeah. excited because, like, that was, like, my first, like, physical magic product that I released. So it was, like, very cool. exciting for me to see, like, all the reviews. I was like, cool. oh, okay. Yeah, so, some, oh. some 19-year-old kid in his bedroom saying Whiplash is good. <laughs> <laughs> and it meant the world to me. Oh. So. <laughs> 
do back to the question yeah, just so sorry. I don't forget it. No, <laughs> you're fine. It's me. I'm the problem. <laughs> do you ever th- release an effect and then think of something else you can do with it? Like, for example, um, did I think you commented on my Geronimo Instagram video, the thing I did with the Magic the Gathering cards? Yeah. Um, and that's completely different than your effect. And I was thinking of something I could do with Whiplash just... I'm not going to say how it works, but or how Whiplash works. I'll say how my thing works. It's a flap card, and then you have, like, a five of spades and a three of spades, and then you do the Whiplash move, and it, the top flaps to, like, an eight of spades. So it's like a math trick almost. Oh, cool. Okay. But for Instagram, but I'm terrible at making flap cards, so that's probably never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but you have, do you ever think of anything like that after you release an effect? And if so, do you put that knowledge into the public, or do you just keep it to yourself? I mean, okay, so, like, for me personally, I try to put as much information when I release something as possible Mm -hmm. just because of the fact that, like, I don't want to do a Um, 2.0. And, like, in some cases when there's, like, a 2.0, like, it's worth it. Like, for example, like, with uh, Extreme Burn from Richard Sanders, Mm -hmm. the first one, I had it for years, used it, it was great. But then when he released the locked and loaded version, I'm like... That is a game changer. So, like, that I felt was, like, a worthy 2.0. But then there will be other times where it's, like, okay, 2.0 is just, like, built slightly better kind of deal. Yeah. So, like, I don't want to do a 2.0 thing. So I try to put as much information as I can into a project. And the if there are new things, like, I'll maybe mention them, like, in a lecture. Uh, so actually a, a really good example is so my effect IG mm-hmm. on uh, – so this is a little sneak peek for you guys because this – isn't out yet, but in my at the table, um, I go over IG on the at the table. But what I do is I actually am teaching ideas that were submitted to me. So these are people cool. who watched IG, came up with their own like ideas and handlings, messaged me, and I was like, "This is amazing!" And so I'm teaching that. So like that's a, an expanded thing that I've done. So I like those are the kind of things that I would do. Uh, I try to get as much as I can, and if I have the ability to update something then like I'll update it in the original thing. So I have an effect called Impeached that still hasn't actually come out, and it was the first thing I ever filmed uh, just because we keep on adding new things to it. And so the people who have purchased it from me, from my lectures, have gotten those new things added. And that's why like with the, the digital download, it's kind of great because if you do learn something new, um, so if you maybe find out a new credit or if you have a new routine that isn't necessarily worthy of doing an entire brand new release you can just add that on to your existing uh download kind of deal which is Mm -hmm. i think really cool and that's actually why i'm a fan of downloads originally i was totally against them i'm like no i want dvds Mm -hmm. have to be dvds and then it was uh jeff kaler who was the one who actually was the one who like showed me the benefit of being able to with a download it becomes more of a living archive rather than like this is how the trick is so Yeah, so I try. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So I I try to put as much stuff as I can Mm -hmm. into a project when I release it, just so that way, like, there isn't going to be a 2.0 later on. Right. Uh, My favorite 2.0 story is you might be familiar with it if if anybody here has ever seen Sean Farquhar's Penguin Lecture. (laughs) His Torn and Restored, Mismade photo. He yes. says he released it, and then somebody said, why don't you do it this way? And so he bought up all the DVDs because he didn't want it going into the world yep. the imperfect way, which exactly. is crazy. Exactly. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nuts. And he's Sean yeah. Farquhar, so he can yeah. do that. <laughs> <laughs> Most people probably couldn't do that, yeah. but that would be amazing if they could. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Sean. Yeah, he's he's amazing. I love him. <laughs> he's so nice. I met him uh, finally uh, at Magi Fest because we were both part of Magi Fest this year. And such a cool dude. Oh, that's really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully he comes on the podcast. We're talking over nice. email. So that'd be cool. But His brother was an animator, actually. Really? I didn't yeah. Know he had a brother. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Small world. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's cool. And so you mentioned um, impeached. I have a quick question before my question. That's okay. weird. <laughs> it's a sub question. Yeah. Is impeached the one where the face on the dollar bill changes? Yes. Okay. So that and then your inside out bill yes are you ever going to release those uh on how to make them no no that that (laughs) that never that is that is one of my things Mm -hmm. uh there there are certain tricks that i do Mm -hmm. that i am known for and i am keeping keeping to myself right uh and it's it's cool because like i feel like now i'm finally in a position uh because so the magic world is weird with the fact that obviously in order for something to be considered yours, you have to release it or you have to have it be so well known that it's yours mm-hmm. that like if anyone else does it, they're like, uh, hold on a second. That's, That's so <laughs> So for me, it was like when I first was creating stuff before anyone knew who I was, I felt like that was the only way things could be known as mine mm-hmm. is if I, it was published. But I feel like now I've gotten to the point where like, okay, some people know who I am and some is better than none. And so now there are certain routines that I do that people know me for that I'm glad that I can keep to myself because they are such like a personal routine with my own specific ways of doing them that I don't necessarily would want to see someone else doing it just because it would feel kind of weird. It'd be like if someone else had your exact name, like you would just be like, but that's my name. Right. Why, why do you have my name? So it's like, it's, because of that so the the impossibles those are one of those just because of the fact that's like such a a me thing and it's, i spent a long time figuring out what to do to make that happen because right. like the the whole thing was i loved the uh the jamie d grants uh cards in bottles i think that's mm-hmm. awesome and i wanted an impossible object yeah. and it took a while to like figure out what my object was going to be and why was it unique? So, yeah, so I'm sorry to push the bubble on that one. <laughs> Maybe in 80 years or so, when you're old and on your deathbed, you'll <laughs> you'll be like, okay, here's the secret. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's going to be, all right, guys, this is the secret and flatline. Like, yeah. that will be. <laughs> it, it's going to be a Janowski dynasty secret. Yes, perfect. <laughs> that. Oh, great. Now six we're generation... about mortality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Six generations down, somebody's going to sell out. It'll eventually get into the public. <laughs> Never. It'll not I, will, I will hunt them. I will. <laughs> from, from the grave. <laughs> yeah. I, will, I will come back and be like, look, I'm a ghost. Yeah. I'm going to make this your life. This not happen. yours. <laughs> you put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, or so help me. <laughs> That's great. Monsters, Inc. <laughs> I'm an animator. I had to slip something yeah, in. Yeah, too. So. <laughs> Pixar movies are great. Here's here's a here's an animation question. Have you seen Coco? Of course. One of my it's friends. So good. Up. Really? Oh, it's so good. It's really good. It's such yeah. a good movie. Well, I love this movie. 
how do we transition from Coco back to magic? We'll just mention it awkwardly and then do it. Okay. <laughs> so, for the impossibles, Coco. do you sell though? Coco. <laughs> yeah. There we go. See, that was the, that was the segue. Yeah, yeah. Coco, magic, <laughs> done. Yeah. So, for, for the, the impossibles. <laughs> yeah, for the impossibles. Do you sell those? I, I'm not familiar. Or yeah. is that just... So, yeah. That is something that if people have one, it's because I made it for them as a gotcha. guest. Gotcha. So I, that's sort of like, again, another reason why it's like one of my signature things is like I make those for people and I give that to the person. Cool. So like it's people either that like I've been friends with for years or like someone like I really admire. So it's actually kind of cool. Like the people who sorry, have. I don't know that. Sorry, my Alexa apparently. <laughs> the interview. Did you say Alexa? I didn't. So that was yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. Um, Alexa was just saying, even I don't know how he does the impossible. Yeah, right. <laughs> people, even the NSA doesn't yeah. know how I make this happen. <laughs> you tape your webcam, all microphones gone, you go into a dark room. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's kind of cool, like the list of people who I have given them to, because like there's really, really well known people, and then there's people who like I know them and they're really well known to me, but like the rest of the world might right. not know who they are just because they don't put themselves out into the, mm-hmm. the world like that. I gotta so, ask, did you give one to David Blaine? Yeah, yeah both uh, Copperfield and Blaine have one. Cool, that's awesome. Thank you. The most famous person I've done magic for would be Piff. I can't imagine <laughs> doing magic for David Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, fun side note with Piff, uh, his Chris Kenner is Anton from The Magic Estate. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that, that's actually how I met Piff yeah. was through Anton. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I just met Piff through a series of lucky connections. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no. my stepdad is like a high lecture agent or whatever, and he knows, I don't know if you're familiar, but Bill Hers, who, oh. yeah, uh, for anyone who doesn't know Bill Hers, like books corporate magicians like Copperfield and Lance Burton, and just as big friends with Piff. And I'm like, hey, Bill, can I meet Piff? <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. I love Piff. Uh, he's funny and he's just great. Now I have a question: yeah. How much food did he eat when you first met him? <laughs> is there food being consumed during there, the interview? It was or? not being consumed. I met him before a show, okay. And so I was just at his show. My hookup from Bill was free tickets and the okay. meet and greet afterwards, and I thought that would be great. And then he, somebody came to my table because it was at a dinner theater, a dinner theater comedy club. Okay. And they're like, "Are you Brayden?" yeah who are you he's like come with me and i'm like what did i do (laughs) (laughs) and he just walked me backstage and i just hung out with piff for like 20 minutes but that's awesome it was him uh brett and jade and they were just talking about the food they wanted to eat after the show that's awesome (laughs) because they're like they're giving us this much money for food we could each get one big meal or we could get like two smaller meals <laughs> that's and awesome jade was just in the corner saying well i brought meals from home that are healthy <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, i love that i love yeah. that random question the guy who mm-hmm. brought you over did he have like tattoos on his hands yeah it was zach i think is his name oh uh, okay never mind then because no. i was wondering if it might have been anton because that would have been no, since no, anton's from florida zach. i know that when he was doing a lot of the, the florida mm-hmm. stuff as well okay no there. i saw him um in dc dc okay college yeah yeah okay gotcha yeah cool i just yeah. that would just been really funny if it ended up being him small no. world there so <laughs> i have to know why you asked that question though how much food did piff eat while you met him <laughs> <laughs> well so i met him at the end of the show so mm-hmm. 
we were at the bar and he was getting his meals uh, right. at the end. And then I was holding Mr. Piffles and that's all I focused on. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got I've got like a picture on Instagram with Piff, but it's like the multiple feature thing. So it's a me with Piffles and then me with Piff. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was so funny because it was like so we're, we're, we're at the end of the show we're talking um anton had introduced me to piff because like since i make gimmicks he's like oh like josh might be able to help you with some stuff and then uh he mr piffles had just come out and he's like oh here just hold him and he just tosses mr piffles like yeah i know he does that like during the meet and greet after the show it's like who wants to hold this dog (laughs) right yeah so i just thought it was the funniest thing that was literally it's just like here you go it's like we're just sitting at the bar and i'm just holding mr piffles like is this happening what's going on like it was cool. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I love Piff. He's a great guy, too. Yeah. Very cool dude. Yeah. Very sarcastic. I love it. Oh, so for sure. He's the most And he's always person. like that. I think that's what's great. Is like, that's not a yeah. character. No, that's, that's him. him. That's him. Yeah. The character <laughs> is only the dragon costume. No other part Wait, of that's that a costume? is a character. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. But he was on the podcast, and I asked him about how it was being a magic dragon. And he's like, look, Brayden, here's the thing. <laughs> you oh do god. know i'm not a dragon right oh my god i know it's like finding out well i'm not even gonna say it there's a certain december man that <laughs> i don't want to ruin it for anybody but i have to reevaluate my entire life now cut the podcast this is, this is what's <laughs> this happened? crisis yeah. for real you oh thought you hung out with a magic dragon and his dog i did i assumed that was what happened <laughs> yeah no, it was really funny when I met him, though. He's like, excuse, like in person, not on the podcast. But yeah. he's like, pardon me, I'm in my human suit right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, awesome. So I, before the podcast, I thought it was a bit he just always kept up. <laughs> but, but then I asked him about it, and he's like, just drop it. This is, we're not talking about that here. <laughs> That's great. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's it for, like, all the questions I have. But there's some questions on questions on Reddit, if you don't mind answering those or i mind them terribly i hate magic reddit what are you talking oh, about i know it's the worst i God. hate it there's so many people who want to learn oh sarcasm 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 <laughs> yes I yes magic. oh i love like, i love the, reddit. the people there are dope so mm. just if i just don't, i don't want this audio reddit, clip yeah. to get out and everyone's just like oh, josh said he hates our magic like no i, I <laughs> yeah. want the record to show that i am a big fan yeah, so. <laughs> this whole podcast all the other ones i've done all the ones i've set up is just <laughs> just a scheme to get that audio clip from you we're done i got it <laughs> pack it up <laughs> that's amazing yeah that that is, that is the long con right yeah, there it is. Wow. that is the best magic trick <laughs> like i had no relation to richard turner and you got him on this podcast like right? these, you went all out for this like con i did i did <laughs> Yes, let's, let's, say, let's yeah. answer the questions, the Reddit oh, questions. Man. Now I have to get Richard Turner or I look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about how I'm going to do that. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know either. Yeah. I was yeah. just, that was literally the first name that I just yeah. thought of. I was just like, oh, I'm going to name someone who's well known. So. But Richard Turner, he's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, he was on Fool Us. I have one more question. Speaking of Fool Us, have you ever thought about doing Fool Us or talked with the Fool Us producers at all? <sighs> Oh, that's a sigh. It's a sigh. Oh. I have been speaking with them for the past three seasons. Okay. And I keep on getting, like, off by one. So mm-hmm. I just, like, keep on barely missing it, which is so yeah. frustrating for me, especially because I actually, I met Michael Close 
I uh, was going to ask who you'd been talking to because I've emailed with Michael Close a couple times. Okay, yeah. So I, w- I was talking with the producer, so I wasn't talking with oh, Michael. Okay. And it was funny because like, when I met Michael, he was like, oh, I know who you are. So I assumed that meant he had seen my stuff. Yeah. Uh, like I had submitted. He's like, I never saw anything that you submitted. I'm just oh. like, had I known? I, so next time I'll talk with Michael himself. Yeah, I just emailed him directly. I didn't go to the producers. I, <laughs> I actually asked Bill hers. I'm like, how, how, how can I get off of this? <laughs> That's funny. And like I had talked with Michael and I was just, he, he told me the deadline was coming up. So I just threw something together. I'm not proud of it at <laughs> all. Maybe next season I'm working on stuff for it. But this, like, he's like, you just threw that together, didn't you? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could tell, like, I didn't. me for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, he said, do you have a video of anything? And I said, Yes. And three hours later, I sent him one. <laughs> well, so, technically, you had a video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the future, I had a video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, so, I definitely, yeah, I would love to do it if possible. So mm-hmm. if uh, if anyone from Full S is listening, make it happen, please. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now to go to Reddit. Now go that to Reddit. Asked let's, about let's do that. Your, your allergies, you're moving so you can't do the Disney Spring Star Wars, and your failure to get on Fool Us. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is – and we talked about my mortality. I, I know, know. I don't know. know how I feel about this podcast anymore. I feel so bad for you. <laughs> wow, that was harsh. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean that you had to come on and do this in the oh, morning. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, well, no, I'm not for you as a person. No, no. I'm like, well – Hey, but at least you have at least you have your head on every table at a pizza shop, so (laughs) that's going well for you. That that is that's that. Oh gosh. Okay, questions. Reddit. (laughs) Yeah, questions from Reddit. Gigantic usually asks a certain question, so I'm going to ask it for him. Okay. Is there some? (laughs) He he didn't ask it this time, but he has on every other thread that I've put up. Is there something about magic? Oh, how does he phrase it? I don't even know. Well, give me a second. I'm going to go back. I don't want to get this wrong. (laughs) Submit. Where are my questions? Right here. For... Very well rehearsed uh, of us, by the way. This was totally all planned. Just like the the kids show magician talk. That was... uh, all scripted no we're so professional that we scripted it to look like we're a little unprofessional it's true it, it makes it, it more believable that way it, it does it does i had this pulled up i was just clicking buttons on my computer i was playing angry birds waiting. when i was looking at the list <laughs> for most and, of the podcast yeah no i actually i'm doing it right now it's incredible so. <laughs> all right what's something that you believe about magic that other magicians might disagree with Ooh. Ooh. That's deep. Yeah. Oh, crap. I wish we could. So just bring out your rehearsed answer. I'm I'm trying to think. (laughs) Let's see. Oh, gosh. Okay. What is – repeat the question one more time while I stall for time. What is something that you believe about magic that other magicians might disagree with? I actually am not sure off the top of my head. All right. I I feel like I probably have an answer somewhere. Mm-hmm. Most likely in a debate with Jeff Price, to be honest, but <laughs> I can't think of it at this moment. I'm I'm gonna. Am I able to pass? Well, I think. Yeah, sure, sure. Pass. I'm gonna pass because okay. I'm not, I'm not sure about that yeah. one. That's Here, a, damn. I'll share a Piff's answer with you because I thought it was hilariously ironic. Okay. He said, "Don't use a character." <laughs> <laughs> 
that's actually amazing. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. So going on to the question Gigantic actually asked. Oh, yeah. Maybe I can answer that one. <laughs> yeah, let's, go, yeah. let's go with his real question. Well, <laughs> this is this is up your uh, alley. You do a lot of money magic, and he and you just moved to Canada. He's asking about reworking your all of your money magic. Do you have to rework it to Canadian bills, or could you still use U.S. dollars and just... So let it be. So I can't actually. I'm able to use U.S. bills just because since I am from the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's my presentation right there. Is like, oh hey, like, have you ever looked at U.S. money? It's so weird. Here, let me show you some of the right. weird things. But I have been reworking some of them uh, to use Canadian money, and I've been working on some tricks specifically just for Canadian money. Oh wow, so, that's cool. Yeah, I saw um, on Instagram you made one of your impossible bills, your inside out bills out of. Yeah. So that was more of a, a, a normal mismade bill rather than a full on, uh, impossible, but oh, they okay, don't what? make mismade Canadian bills. So right. I made one. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, there we uh, go. Yeah, I've got, I've got Canadian money near me and like, it's in my wallet. I've got a one and a 20 and they're just, they're so weird. They're not real money. <laughs> well, the one definitely isn't because the bills only are at five. Yeah, so yeah, like... the, the one is a coin. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I was gonna say yeah. that you, no, no, it's like, got like a, a, a zipper pocket on my wallet. <laughs> if you have a one dollar Canadian bill, then there's no, no. You, you might need to talk to whoever gave that to you. No, I'm just bad at Englishing. <laughs> okay, it's okay. I talk goodly yeah. too. So. Yeah. No, I will turn on my camera and prove it to you, Josh Janowski. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, come on. The viewers at home obviously are waiting. I'm just kidding. Oh, the viewers! <laughs> I know the the viewers. How how are they viewing this? I don't know. I don't NSA. Know. <laughs> yeah. Well, my uh, my echo. Oh, your your talking, yeah. So. Your echo. <laughs> so that's obviously how it happened. Mm-hmm. All right. So the Klaus. Ah, he's a What's good a... one. Oh, it's all my friends. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. He just says, "Ask about his new book." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> which, which I feel like I already did. So what more? What more does he want? I don't know. Well, I, says, I, I actually I, I mentioned uh, uh-huh. the the booklet, but I am working. Oh on yeah, it. he says book slash pamphlet. So maybe maybe yeah. he means both of them. So yeah, just can you Joshin, talk about the book? I can. Yeah. So just cool. Joshin was the the booklet that we talked about, and then I'm writing an actual book book, mm-hmm. uh, which is called Bank. And it's fiction. It's about a heist. It's. <laughs> No, my real book's not going to sound as cool. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so it's a true story about me robbing a bank. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and how no. I got away. Right. So Statue it, of Limitations is expired. We're good. <laughs> so yeah, so the, the book is called Bank, and the subtitle is Expert at the ATM. Uh, oh, I like that. Thank you. And it's an entire book on money magic. So everything is just with dollar bills uh, or bills in general so like there are tricks obviously that are not restricted to u.s currency um so there are some but there are also others that are not so for my global listeners what's up um (laughs) but yeah so just a bunch of money tricks uh and it's almost done i'm really it's it's been a while working on this one uh and lots of research has gone into it lots and lots and lots and lots of research um but it's finally almost done i think i have like five more to finish writing um, mm-hmm. And then it'll start going through the the editing process, and then uh, getting a forward written, and then getting quotes. And I'm being purposely vague just because I'm waiting to hear back from people, so I don't yeah, want to yeah. be like, yeah. And then this person is going to be doing it, and then they don't, and then I cry because it's on the internet. <laughs> uh, Here, so I'll, I'll give you a quote. Um, that's great. 
Apply it to whatever you want. <laughs> Perfect. This Perfect. is the most magical thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Love <laughs> it. Yeah. That's going to be the cover. Yeah. So it's actually going to be a photo of you, which is going to be, people are going to be very confused because they're yeah. like, what does he have to do with yeah. money magic and Josh? Who, I don't. Who is that guy? <laughs> so. I've never seen him. Is he, is he a big deal? Oh, Josh no. is a lot different than his video. Yeah. Happening. Oh, that's what he looks like with hair. Ah. <laughs> yeah, right now I'm just going for the Jay Sankey, Garrett Thomas, John Lovick look personally. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Oh, don't mention John Lovick to me. Okay. <laughs> no, he was supposed to do the podcast like right after I was done with yours, but he emailed me this morning. He's like, can't make it today. I'm like, no. Aww. Yeah. It'll happen eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay. Well, the clearly, also... he heard that I was doing the podcast. Yeah, like, he's oh. like, I can't do it. We he's look, like, we look similar. You already have a bald magician with glasses doing magic yeah. with dollar bills. Yeah. I, I don't do some think... interviews where people have hair first, then get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a good thing I'm not a male model. Otherwise, no, of course, yeah, that that would have been a yeah, serious. Then issue. why even get John Lovett? <laughs> I've got you. If you're a male model, like that's his only angle now. <laughs> no, John is amazing. I love. Yeah, John. no, he's great. John's a cool dude. Mm-hmm. Hi, John. Uh, <laughs> if you listen to mine, I don't know if you will, but if you do, yeah, hi. I don't know if he listened or he's like, yeah, this kid emailed me, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's how I get most of my guests. Because <laughs> I'm, right. I'm a great interviewer. These segues are the best. The class also says, "Why money?" Just two words. Why money? Why money? Why? Yeah, I'll tell like, you why. <laughs> tell you why? No, honestly, uh, I. Before I got into magic, I always found money fascinating, just from like a design point of view. Like yeah, and, and robbing also, the bank. Yeah, well that too. Duh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you had so much of it to play around with. Exactly. No, so I I always thought like the design was very cool, and then obviously like the whole like history of how it's changed, and then like the whole like mystique of like ooh Illuminati and all those like crazy jazz things. Um, but I always thought that was really interesting. And then when I got into magic, like I like doing things with organic borrowed things that make sense kind of deal like for example so i picked up uh mint box from garcia i absolutely love it and even though there are like boxes that are like completely clear and you're able to see through it the entire time i love mint box just because this feels more natural as natural as putting a card in a boxes like Mm -hmm. but it feels like an organic thing so i like things that don't feel magic proppy and with money Everyone has money on them. Um, well, well, everyone would like to. Yeah. <laughs> everyone has held money at one point. So yeah. there. I wish I had money. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so they're familiar with it. Uh, they know about it. And then the other thing is uh, money has security features that people mm-hmm. know exist. They don't know what they are, but everyone feels like they know what they could like see a counterfeit. Which I think right. is hilarious because, like, most people, if you handed them a counterfeit dollar bill, they'd have no idea. Whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone always feels like they know that they like they could tell. They're like, yeah, no, I, I could figure it out. It was fake. So I feel like when you do magic with money, it's more impressive because they're like, no, this is real. This is a legit thing. And, like, they know that you shouldn't be able to alter it. But you just did in a crazy yeah. way. So, and then also the other thing is like, if magic powers were real, what would you do? Well, you would like make money appear or you would Mm. change stuff into money. So like it feels relatable. So yes, that's why, that's why money plus because, because magic. Because magic. There you go. 
That's just my answer for everything. Yeah. Cause magic. What's one uh, thing that you have a, a what was it the thought? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that's my answer. <laughs> cool. I'll I'll go back, edit that in post. I'll take perfect. an audio and just yeah. perfect. <laughs> no one will understand it, but yeah, yeah. perfect. Well, I hope. <laughs> I mean, that's a perfect answer to this next question from Klaus. He says, "Why the hat?" <laughs> <laughs> Actually, hat came before magic. Um, huh. Yeah, so I've always loved hats. Like, just always loved hats. I'm a hat person. Uh, when I was like a little baby, wore hats. When I was a little toddler, wore hats. When I was a little kid, wore hats. Um, so I was always a big fan of hats. And then growing up, I listened to a lot of like Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of, like Michael Jackson, like all those kind of fun things. Uh, and I was a musician before I was a magician. And so in high school, I did a jazz saxophone duet with my friend Nick Port, and he wore a hat. I'm like, shit, that's a cool hat. I want to get a hat like that. And so I bought a hat like that, and then it became my thing. And so it's actually kind of funny because Nick was the one who wore it first, yet everyone knew me for wearing <laughs> the hat. Nice. And yeah, it just become, it's become my, my thing. So and yeah. I like wearing hats, and now that I don't have hair, it keeps my head warm. So nice. bonus. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have, um, I know a couple guys who wear hats in magic, and I've got a friend who wears a hat when he performs, and this kind of, they, they say that it makes it hard for them to, like, if they take off the hat, people don't recognize them, and this kind of goes with, with Klaus's next question. He says, do you feel like your logo makes it impossible for you to change your appearance? I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, the hat has been such a huge part of my aesthetic that Mm -hmm. I feel like even if I wasn't wearing a hat, people would still just sort of picture the hat. Right. So So like if hats just became illegal. If hats just became well then if hats just became illegal, I'm definitely keeping the logo because check that out. I wore a hat. I wore a hat. (laughs) I was I was I wore hats before they weren't a thing. So um yeah, no, I don't think it, it would make me change my logo. Honestly, the only thing that I've considered changing from my logo is I have hair in my logo and I no longer have Oh yeah, hair. you do, I guess. Yeah, I shaved my head. So I've been contemplating erasing the hair from my logo, but then I'm also like, eh, it's still me. Don't so, you also have glasses in your logo? Yes, but I'm not wearing glasses right now because it's mm-hmm. the morning. So but Do you wear glasses I, when you perform? I wear glasses all the time. Okay. I just, oh, okay. I'm not wearing them okay. right now because I woke up before this interview. And right. <laughs> my glasses are over there, and yeah. my computer's here. So yeah. it was quicker to get to the computer than it was to grab glasses. <laughs> nice. And no one's seeing my face, so... It's true, it's true. Um, but for the viewers at home, I'm wearing glasses. Yes, he completely is. <laughs> <laughs> he also uh, just wants to know, he says, what's next? So, well, such an like, open today, question. I mean, you might get breakfast, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I'll have breakfast. Because um, magic. Because magic. There we go. Done. <laughs> Next question. Uh, I mean, today, I'm, I'm doing grocery shopping and laundry and watching a movie. That's about it. Yeah. Um, I guess next then, is your lecture and then your book. Yeah, I was going to say. after next, that, come on, Josh, what are your plans? Well, okay, so the next thing is I have, a, five years. I have a release coming out with uh, Vanishing Inc., that cool. is probably the next thing coming out. Um, hopefully this month. I'm not sure. We should find that out. Um, but yeah, I have that. And then I have uh, a bunch of other projects lined up. Um, 
I shot two things with Penguin when I filmed my lecture, and we might be doing a third thing. Uh, I have a butt ton of stuff coming out with uh, with Murphy's, and I have some other companies I've been speaking with about some other things that we just have to work out, like filming dates and all that fun stuff. So, cool. yeah, and then that the book. sounds exciting. Yeah. And now his last questions. He he's asked a lot, but you know, he 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 gives us things to talk about. <laughs> And he started the Magic Secret Santa, so. It's true. Oh, did you participate in that? That was I so fun. I 100% participated. That was so fun. I really enjoyed it. And then, actually, like, I enjoyed it so much for the people who, like, the three people who got stiffed. Like, I helped them out because, like. Wait, were there people that got stiffed? There there was oh, only, that... like, a few. It was, okay. only, it was like, literally, I think, like, two people or three people. I don't okay. remember off the top of my head. But, like. I wanted to, because I enjoyed it so much, because that was my first time ever doing, like, a Magic Secret Santa. I was like, everyone has to experience this. Oh, so, for sure. Like, I helped I out. I felt bad, because so. the person I got, um, the person I got, I they had a specific thing on their wish list, and I ordered it. And then, have you ever ordered something on Penguin, and then after you order it, and the order goes through, it says out of stock? Oh, I have not had that happen. Okay, it happened to him, and he didn't get it till like, the middle the middle of January. But, like, I messaged him, and I'm like, I got it. Don't worry. Here's, like, the order number. Don't feel bad. <laughs> Christmas is happening. <laughs> oh, well, at least he got it, though. That's, yeah, that's... yeah, he got it, and he messaged me and said it was awesome. It, it, was, a, it was a David Blaine Street Magic DVD, I believe. Oh, nice. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, he, he said he was just getting into magic, and he Aww. really admired David Blaine. I know. he. It was so cool. That's awesome. It was like a 15-year-old kid. It was awesome to do that for someone. That's cool. And that was really cool that you got to do it for three three extra people who... Yeah, it was fun. I mean, like didn't I... get a Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it felt like Santa Claus, which is weird because yeah. I'm Jewish. Uh, well, but... <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But no, I enjoyed it. It was fun, so... Mm-hmm. that That's next. Is next year's... That's next. Magic Secret Santa. <laughs> It's, it's a new Secret Santa. Josh is just going to buy something for everyone. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. But then everybody gets him something. Okay, okay. Yeah. So w- what if they gave me money? So now I'm just selling things. I think that's what we just... <laughs> but, like, they give you $10 and you buy something that's, like, 15 and <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't sound like a good investment. No, it, it's money magic, right? <laughs> Diminishing returns? I yeah, feel like that's great. a name of a trick. That's actually a good name for a trick. <laughs> now I have to come up with one. Yeah, a hundred dollar goes into a one. You never see that happen. <laughs> it's like you robbed a bank and you need to launder money, but how do you hide it? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so his question was biggest influences, and I feel like we just answered that pretty well. Yeah, well uh, obviously, because yeah. magic. No, big yeah. influences. Um, Greg Wilson and Jay Sankey were two mm-hmm. of the people when I first got started. Uh, and Magic that, like, I looked up a lot of their stuff. Um, Wayne Houchin and Justin Willman were, like, my two favorite magicians uh, when I first got started. Um, I love Justin Flom and James Galea, David Blaine, uh, Penn and Teller. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, a bunch of, bunch of people. There's so many. John Lovick, Jeff Price. Um, Jeff Obviously. Have I not shown you my full tattoo of him? <laughs> um, as long as we're throwing shade at Jarek 120. <laughs> don't get me started. Oh, for the um, listeners, his face just dropped. <laughs> we got in a feud on Twitter. Really? We wow. Did. We oh, did. I have to hear the story if you don't yeah. mind sharing. 
basically what happened was is he like whenever you would look up a magic video like his video would pop up as and then who is it a pig cake oh no this was years ago so this was before oh okay wow wow um yeah so it would you would look up for a video no matter what you looked up magic wise his would pop up as like i remember that just because of the fact that like with the way the algorithms worked Mm -hmm. like he's a popular channel using similar metadata so that's the blah 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 technical terms um and so I tweeted about how annoying it was that you, no matter what, like, magic video you would look up, you <laughs> would be seeing, like, this poor excuse for a magician, <laughs> like, next to it. And obviously I tagged him on Twitter because I'm like, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, um, you got it. <laughs> and so then he started replying. But, like, the thing he did, which was super petty, is when you reply on Twitter, uh-huh. The only way for a tweet that you reply to another person to be, like, viewed in someone's timeline is if they follow both of those people. Otherwise, you don't see it. Because that's why, like, when big companies respond to people's questions, you don't see that on your timeline when you follow them. Mm -hmm. But a way around that is if you put any – anything before you're – like, you at them, it will show up as a normal – Oh, really? I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. So, like, if he was just responding to me, the only people who would see our conversation – were people who followed both of us. Instead, he put a period before every single one, so that way it was a public response. So then all followers were seeing it. So I was getting so much hate from all of his followers, and then, like, he started getting, like, super petty uh, and, like, posting, like, photos of me and, like, insulting my mother. And it was, like, it was so... Wow. He even, like, commented on my Facebook, and, like, like, it was, like, full-on just, like, he was going for it. But what was funny, though... Uh, this actually made my day was so Zach Mueller um, and Uh I used to talk way back then um, because this was like right when he was doing uh, whatever the show was that he did with Theory 11 I'm suddenly blanking on the name Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was Insider at that point but so Zach and I would be talking back then and so Zach jumped in and this was right when Fontaine's were getting really big Mm -hmm. so like he had a lot of his audience were now going after Jarek and it was hilarious reading some of the comments because people were like, but I like Jarek and I like Zach. What do I do? Like, it was <laughs> so funny. And then like a bunch of other like professional magicians uh, like Nash Fong and Randy Shine, they commented as well. So it was just like this huge thing blowing up. That's and, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I am not a fan of Jarek whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Fuck you, Jarek. <laughs> <laughs> gonna put that on the record yeah. that's how much i dislike him that yep. is just that audio clip i hate magic red <laughs> yeah i hate magic red and fuck jared yeah oh god no let's uh, not let's not do that <laughs> yeah no for me with the jared it's like disturbed reality every week i looked forward to like the two reviews or uh two tutorials every week i looked forward to them but like looking back at those videos i'm like wow this is how i learned I'm so glad I went to the library eventually. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. Also, oh, other other reason. Uh, so, French Kiss is a Wayne Houchin trick, and obviously yes. Jarek has stolen it and claimed it as his own, which is another big. Wait, f- wait. I, I, I just assumed he gave credit. Did he? Oh no. He claimed it. Wow. He's, he's claimed it as his own. Theory Eleven has asked him to take it down, and he refuses to. Wow. Yeah. No, he's a shitty human being. But. Um, so here's the thing that happened is so I used to be really big into YouTube and I would go to like YouTube conventions and several years ago 
I went to a YouTube convention called Playlist Live, and I yeah. met Jenna Marbles for the first time, and I did magic for her, and I did French Kiss. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, I want to say it was like six months later, at another magic convention, Jarek did the same thing mm-hmm. for Jenna Marbles. Now, we both posted videos. I got so many comments on my video from people saying, oh, you stole this from Jarek. Jarek did this first. And if you look at the dates, mine was posted six months before. Yeah, his that's always place. fun. Like, it, like there is literally no way I could have taken it from him because mm-hmm. the video was posted before his event was even, yeah. like, happened. So that yeah. just, like, always annoyed me. And then the fact that then people were starting to comment saying, like, this is Jarek's trick. I'm like, hold up. Yeah. Wayne is the friend. <laughs> that is not his trick. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. So, even if yeah. you did it after him, <laughs> so what? Exactly. It's neither of yours. Right? Like, it, that's what was really annoying me, too, is I'm like, it's not even my trick. But to say I copied him when I did it before him. Yeah. Like, it's it not... made sense that he did it because it's a logical trick to do for her, right. which is the reason why I did it. But, like, <laughs> then to have people yelling at me, I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, yeah. Am I allowed to curse? I just realized I cursed twice. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. Okay, it's fine. cool. <laughs> I just, just wanted to make sure. No, this podcast is aimed for six-year-olds. So. Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah. So the farts. more they hear about farts. the real world, the That's better. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, farts. So. Uh, fart Jarek. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Now he's doing crappy daily vlogs every six months. Yeah, see, I, I don't even so, pay attention. Yeah. All I know is he does wrestling, and a family friend also is into wrestling and like is in uh-huh. a similar circle and i just really hope that one day that they wrestle and he kicks his ass like that would just make <laughs> my day no but so, jerry he can hypnotize people yeah i don't care i because <laughs> here, here's the deal so it's it's our family friend's son who's the one who's into wrestling uh-huh. and i told the story to the family friend and she's like yeah if he's ever like against him he'll kick his ass so like cool. I, I hope that that happens and i want yeah. that like i want that clipped framed i want that <laughs> i just want one of like someone make get me one of those video picture frames and uh-huh. just have that on loop that yeah whenever you have a, a so stage show <laughs> just you can tell the story like uh piff tells the andre the giant story um there uh, i forget who it is but uh one one of the big magicians tells like the spike through the hand story and shows yep. clips there. Like you need to tell the Jarek story and exactly. then show the clip of him just getting pounded. Oh, that's just going to be my pre-show video with no context. <laughs> like that's all it is. No one's going to understand yeah. it whatsoever. They're yeah. like, why? You, you don't need an opening act. It's yeah. Just they're like, this. but Josh, you don't <laughs> wrestle. Why? Why do you have wrestling? I don't understand mm-hmm. what's happening. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So your biggest influence are Debrizi and Jarek. Okay, yeah, we got it. And Seth. Yeah, it's the J, Ma- the J Magicians, Jabrizi, Jarek, Josh, Janowski. Oh, God, don't put my name with it. <laughs> you take that back right now. Got that audio clip, too. Wow, this this interview's just going... I'm, I'm very much regretting this entire interview. <laughs> we've talked about my mortality. We've made fun of yeah. my life. We're now... We have <laughs> compromising audio clips. What is happening here? Don't worry. There's only, like, three more questions. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, so Josh has his camera on... Um, and he just <laughs> I have the camera on. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just doing magic with the Rubik's cube. I totally forgot that I had it on. 
honest. <laughs> well, like, I'm looking at Redden, and I just glance over here, and you just snap your fingers. And I'm like, it took me back a little. I mean, Sorry, my bad. I know you're a magician, like, and Rubik's Cube effects, they're fun, but I just didn't expect to see that. <laughs> Sorry, I I'm playing around with something, so. Yeah, oh, I've got cards in my hand. <laughs> um, okay. okay, questions. Yeah. <laughs> Segway. Yeah, uh, this one's actually from me. I forgot to ask it earlier. <laughs> you create a lot of magic. Did you How submit you... it to yourself? I just want to know, did you submit it in the, the thread? Because otherwise it's not official and you can't ask it. <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, continue. Yep, now that I've submitted it through the proper channels, yes. <laughs> you talk... You don't talk about creation. You do creation. You create. I Words. Words English goodly. <laughs> You are a huge creator. A lot of people know your name because you put out consistently great effects. How do you think about the effects? Like, how do you create your magic? Do you just go and say, I'm going to do something with a dollar bill right now? Or do you just think of something and you're like, I'm going to try to make that? Yes. It's a both. Yes? Cool. Yeah, it's a both. Um, it really depends. Sometimes I will literally take something. I'm like, I'm coming up with a trick with a dollar today. And mm -hmm. I force myself to come up with a trick with a dollar. Um, other times, I'll just be like, oh man, I really want to come up with a coins across, but I don't want it to be coins. What do I do? And Whiplash was born. Um, so oh, I it, never it, thought of that as a yeah. coins crossing. That's cool. Yep. Now that you say that, yeah, it totally is. Yeah, so I came up with that gimmick, and then I came up with the routine, because I'm like, I want to do a coins across, but I don't want to use coins. Hey, this gimmick would work. Um, yeah. So that's how the, the whipped across effect came to be. But yeah, so sometimes it's stuff like that, uh, and then sometimes, like I said, I'll just I'll find something and be like, "Cool, I'm doing a trick with this." Like, mm -hmm. it's very random. My my desk is covered in bills, cubes, coins, cards, yep. peeps, everything. So, right, and a follow up question: uh, How do you go about getting those published? Do you rely a bunch on like, do you, do you advertise heavily, or do you just hope it's a good enough effect and people see it or um, both it yeah so it sort of it varies so like initially uh i submitted to magazines a lot mm -hmm. that's how i got my first couple of things were published were in magazines and i thankfully was able to connect with those magazines because of jeff uh jeff had been published in those magazines so he told me they're correct people to talk to and then i spoke with them and submitted things and then that started to help me get my foot in the door with places, so with the Magic Estate, um, they like I knew them from Orlando, and we met, mm -hmm. and they knew that I was interested in publishing things because I had just published like my first trick in a magazine, and then they saw Impeached, and they're like, "We want to do this with you." So like then, that got me in with them, and then when I was submitting to other companies, I'm like, "Oh well, I have a project that I'm doing with the Magic Estate," and so now they're like, "Okay, like cool, so you're doing things. Obviously, you don't have horrible gotcha. ideas. Let's talk." Yeah some more and so then I got my foot in the door with Murphy's and so then because I did the thing with Murphy's I was able to do things with Vanishing Ink and then that went to doing conventions which got Penguin and just sort of like expanded mm -hmm. but uh, basically now when I have something that I want to put out I just sort of think of which company I think it would be the best fit for I'm like mm -hmm. okay who who do I think this would work well with? And it's because also I like working with a bunch of different companies because yeah. it's a very different experience. Like I film stuff with Penguin, Vanishing Inc., and Murphy's, and everyone does it completely different. So it's like very cool seeing how things happen. That's so cool. yeah, yeah. 
Um, I asked Josh. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I guess I'm talking to the listeners. <laughs> I asked him over Instagram a couple weeks ago, like, how do you get an effect published? And now I'm currently, like, emailing back and forth with Penguin trying to publish my first thing. But it's it's way more grueling than you would think. It is. And I'll tell you this, like, definitely talk with multiple companies because one company mm-hmm. might pass on something yeah. and another company might take it up. Um, right. Like, I... I won't be specific, but there was one company sure. that passed on one effect and another company that took it and it ended up doing very well with that company. So yeah. like, it really is hit or miss. And then with Penguin, for years I would submit stuff to Penguin and they were like, oh, I think it's cool, you should do it though with the Penguin Partner Program. It actually became a joke that when <laughs> I finally did a project with Penguin that we were like, but it's for the real, it's with Penguin, right? I'm not doing it through the Partner Program, this is a piece. Oh, are those different? Yeah, well, so oh, with see, Penguin, I don't even know. This is why I'm talking with Penguin. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, so with Penguin, you have two options, basically. You can do something where it's produced by yourself, and Penguin will be the distributor for it. So they gotcha. give you a platform to, to do it. Um, and then they have P3, which is the, the things that they produce themselves. But what's actually kind of cool is there have been some things that they did with P3 that started out on the Penguin Partner Program. So awesome. it was something like that maybe they initially wasn't sure if there was a market for, which is why they're like, okay, well, here, do it on the partner program so you can still obviously publish it. And then it actually did super well on the partner program. They're like, oh, well, you know what? Here, do you have more ideas? How about we film it professionally? We can then get some live performances. And then it became a full-on P3 project. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So, But for years, though, I would submit things. And they're like, yeah, like we definitely think it's 100% like we'll put it on the, the partner program. Because the thing is with the partner program, like a lot of people don't realize this, is like they there is a vetting process. Like they make mm-hmm. sure that the thing is like original and stuff yeah. like that. Because obviously it's not just a like, oh, I'm going to – I came up with a snap change. I'm going to go teach that now. Like <laughs> no. like they, they So when you do something on the Penguin partner program, it's like a legitimate product. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a product that is produced by you. And so right. I had a couple of things that were on the partner program and then eventually – like I had something that they're like, we want to do that with us specifically. Mm-hmm. So, so the partner program, um, just equating it to another magic company, is kind of like I don't think they have it anymore. It's called something different, but it's kind of like the wire. Exactly. Like it's a hundred percent the same thing. Yeah. It's a hundred percent the same thing. And I did things on the partner program, and I did stuff on the wire, and it was awesome. Like it was a really good way of starting out with magic because it was sort of the modern version of a magazine mm-hmm. so like when I first started I did with magazines but if I had started producing stuff like creating content when the wire and the partner program had started I would have probably done that before magazines just because of the fact that like that's sort of where the industry was going kind of deal but I still am a huge fan of magazines because also what's nice about that is you can publish something in a magazine it's yours but maybe not a lot of people know about it. So now yeah. it's like kind of cool because it's like a super secret underground thing yeah. that was published publicly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got the March 2018 Penguin Monthly because I just ordered something. Mm-hmm. And I pop in coin magic from Josh Janowski. That's me. So, I actually yeah. don't even have a copy of that uh, issue yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
haven't read it yet, so I don't know if it's good. <laughs> it's, it's a horrible trick. It's the oh, worst yeah. trick I've ever created. No, I'm just kidding. It's yeah, actually it's so a really fun copper silver. Ruby. Go purchase this magazine so you can see the worst trick he's ever created. <laughs> there you go. Marketing. Oh gosh, that's how decibel sold, right? Oh, shots fired! Oh my god. No, I have a gripe with that. I I posted a review video, an illusionist. I don't know if I should say this, but whatever. They the the official illusionist YouTube channel messaged me and said, "Hey, can you take that down?" I'm like, no. <laughs> That's awkward. Yeah, because it got like twelve thousand views or whatever. Like, not a lot, but for a magic review video, that's kind of a lot. Yeah. But yeah, so I probably won't ever do business with them. <laughs> well, that's awkward. Yeah. So next question. Next question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm supposed to very critically ask you, since moving to Montreal. Have you consumed a proper poutine or smoked meat sandwich? Yes. Very critically. Yes. I don't okay. know if I hit the critical okay. point, but so I've had, yeah. I have had poutine, mm-hmm. but I have been given, I've been complained about the poutine because of the fact that since I do have food allergies, I had to find one that I could eat. I enjoyed it. I thought it tasted good. I was told it is not a very appealing looking poutine. Ah. Uh, but technically I've had it, it was Canadian mm-hmm. and I was able to eat it. And then as for the smoked meats, I did not have it as a sandwich, but I have had sm- smoked meats because last weekend I hung out with Spidey, uh, cause he's in Montreal and he introduced me to smoked meats. So I have, yes, a hundred percent properly have had that. Cool. And that was from JAD. And yeah, he also wants to know how the Montreal experience is going both positively and negatively if you've had positives or negatives and have you checked out the magic local scene the local magic scene yes uh so i want to say it was like my first weekend mm-hmm. here i went to a local magic shop uh cool magic spectrum see nice. the business card right here yeah. um and so i went there i met them uh it was cool um so i met some nice guys while i was there um obviously i hung out with spidey uh mm-hmm. who's here uh chris ramsey and katarina are both also here we just the weekend I hung out with Spidey, they were both sick. So, because wow. originally it was going to be like all of us hang out, but they were sick. So it was just me and Spidey hanging out. Um, but, and now right now Spidey is in LA. So we're waiting for everyone to be in the same place <laughs> and healthy and then yeah. hanging out. Yeah. Um, he just did a TV show appearance, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. He was on yeah. a Showtime at the Apollo, I think that's is what right. it's called. So yep. it was actually a random funny story. Uh, we were driving to his place. And someone honked at the car and rolled down the window and was like, hey, I just saw you on the Apollo, which was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> I was awesome. like, oh, shit, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so small world. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've done that. And then Montreal is good. It's colder than Florida. Uh, yeah, I and bet. It is very French, and I don't speak French. So that has been a, a little bit of an issue. Uh, uh, I just say bonjour and je ne sais quoi a lot. I was going to say the extent of my French is what I've learned from uh, Beauty and the Beast. Ah, so <laughs> that's about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's really cool. I like it here. I'm I'm excited to to be here. It's still like sort of sinking in that I'm like I'm in a different country, living here. Like this that's isn't just true. a vacation. Like it's like, oh yeah. shit, I live here. That's gotta be weird. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely very strange. Yeah. but cool. So yeah, I've moved to two different states in the past two years, but 
I'm still in the States. Yeah. Like, I moved to D.C., then Colorado, and from Florida. Those are three di- very different places. Oh, definitely. But it, it, it's still the U.S. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, for me, is I've only ever lived in Florida. Mm-hmm. So I have never lived anywhere else. And so the first time I moved out of state, I'm not moving out of state. I'm moving out of country. Yeah, like, you're just going. <laughs> I'm just like, well, now I'm, I'm Canadian now. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow, you really... You really have some strong political views to escape this climate. <laughs> uh, yeah. Politics brought that up because I'm smart. <laughs> All right. And from Daniel RMK, what trick or effect do you always carry with you? Ooh. Is there is there one or is are there a couple? Yeah. I mean, and I'm, um, I'm going to quantify qualify this question. One that's not yours. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, for not mine, I always have WikiTest uh, oh, yeah, by, by Mark Kirstein. Um, I have Instagram um, from Patrick Coon. Oh, I love that one. That's great. Uh, and I've actually been using that lately with uh, Mintbox from Dana Garcia. I combined the two. Um, hmm. And then I also have Double Cross as well. Those are normally ones that I have on me pretty much all the time if I'm going out that are not my own. And then I have my own stuff as well yeah instagram is very fun especially for restaurant oh for sure it's just it's great i don't really do double cross and it's just me i don't like touching people's hands right before they eat just because that feels like yeah that makes total sense and see i would typically do double cross not during my performance before the meal but if they called Mm. me back after the meal right right so and then actually i also did it a lot because my manager specifically that was his favorite trick so oh, cool. he would literally go to tables and be like, ask the magician about the X trick. And I yeah, didn't I, realize for the longest time he was doing that. So I really? was super wow. confused because I would just show up <laughs> and like, can you show me the X trick? I'm like, how do you know what's yeah, going on? You know and, then, and then I found out my manager was literally telling every table to ask me that. That's cool. Yeah, I, I had that experience with uh, my restaurant, the manager. I, I did double cross. He told me that was what sealed the deal for him because yeah. I was just doing some magic. And then I'm like, all right, for you though, I brought I, I like I know you believe in voodoo, whatever. I went into like this pitch, and he brought all the surfers, and I had to do double cross like twenty times in a row. And you oh, that's you awesome. don't want to do that, yeah. But it's like I want this job, so <laughs> no, that makes total sense. Yeah, there's like, someone who like did it like double cross with like forty people all uh, at once, and they like all open up their hand and they all have it. It's the funniest thing. What? Yeah, I can't. I have to find the video again. But like, there's a video where there's like a bunch of people. It might not have been forty, but it was a bunch of people. And he's like, "Watch here we go," and tossed it like at the group, and they all held out their hand, and they're like, "What's happening?" That's amazing if you can pull that off without anybody noticing that. Right. That's awesome. All right, and then the last question from Reddit, and I guess the last question from me is: Do you have any funny magic-related anecdotes in your new job? Oh, in my new job. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, well, I kind of glossed over it when you mentioned it before, but you said people just recently found out you were a magician. Yep. So okay. So when I started, um, one of the things we had to do was answer like a questionnaire, and one of the things was like, "Do you have any hobbies?" So obviously, I mentioned I was a magician, and I had a few people like ask me about that, and like the, it was mainly people who started at the same time as me. So mm-hmm. because like since I didn't know many people, like I showed them magic, but. This past Friday uh, was the first time like everyone sort of found out because so on Friday, so normally the work week is nine to six, but on Fridays it's nine to five 
because in that final hour they have a thing called beer o'clock which is just like basically oh, cool. like a party to celebrate the end of the week uh which is fun and so it was friday it was like four fifty-five. so it was like the day was pretty much over everyone was just like yeah like we're killing time we know that and i'm talking with the my two coworkers next to me and we were talking about a, a 3d modeling program and i mentioned how my friend john is incredibly good at that and i showed him his portfolio which included showing uh my business card because uh, he did a 3d model of I, me I saw from that animation. you locked it up and read it yeah yep yeah so he he uh did the 3d model for my animation business card and I showed them to that, and they're like, oh, that's so cool. And I explained how I do a magic trick with my business card. Because what I do when I give it out at animation conferences uh, is the picture of my card is me asleep. It's a, it's a 3D model of me sleeping. And I act super embarrassed. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I was in such a rush. I accidentally printed up the wrong image. Hold on. Don't worry. I got this. Hey, wake up. And then I hand them the card, and I'm awake, and I'm waving. And that's cool. But I never tell them I'm a magician. So they're always just like, I don't know what's happening. And then they're like, what magic? That's so cool. Uh, so I was telling my coworkers about that. And they're like, oh, that's so cool. Do you tell them that you're a magician? And I explained I don't. And that I love, though, like that just situational magic where people don't realize you're a magician. And I explained how my buddy Rahat, Magic Rahat, has made an entire career off of that. And so love Rahat. Shout out to uh, Rahat. I've known him for years. Um, because we actually at one point had the same amount of YouTube subscribers and now he has like 5 million. So <laughs> that changed. Nice. Uh, but so the thing was, I was explaining, I was like, yeah, this is my friend's channel. And they're like, oh, I've seen him on Ellen show. And I showed him, uh, some of the stuff. And then I said that like, like, oh, here's, he's doing one of my tricks. And they're like, what, what do you mean one of your tricks? So I explained that I created magic and they're like, oh, th th that's amazing. You have to show us something. So I literally was just about to perform. And then we all got called into the kitchen. Uh, for the party. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. So I'm thinking that like I'll show them on Monday or uh -huh. something. And so we finish the announcements. People are starting to like head off into groups and they're like, Josh, magic now. And they bring over one other friend. <laughs> so I start performing and another person comes over and then a group is starting to form. And then one of them calls over my boss, like the big boss. Yeah. Um, so the big boss comes over and I'm just like, oh my gosh, because the thing is, they're like, you have to do magic for him. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool, I'll show him something. And he comes over and they're like, like Omar, Josh is a magician. He has to show you something. And Omar goes, I hate magic. And I'm like, oh, well, that's no. it. Folks. Job. <laughs> Turns out he hates magic because he can't figure it out. But he's like, all right, fine, show me something. So like, he didn't really hate magic. Uh -huh. um, so I, I did uh, some mind reading stuff and he was just like, so I did Powerball 60. Uh, from Richard Sanders. So I do the first one. He's like, but everyone chooses that number, right? Like, that must be like a common number or something. Like, no, they do it again. Make it as random as possible. Don't do like a locker number, a jersey number, or a lucky number. Super random. And do it again. And of course, I hit it. He's like, fuck you. And like, he's like, that's amazing. <laughs> and goes off. But because four people showed up. So, like, now I have like a fourth of the office is surrounding me doing magic. And like, I had stuff that I had with me normally, but like, obviously, I did not bring like a set list with me right so it just sort of like exploded so now it'll be interesting to see on monday if people are expecting tricks on monday or if they're now like holding out for friday and it's gonna yeah. be like every friday i do things so yeah. yeah but yeah so the office now has found out i'm a magician uh which was kind of funny so <laughs> it, it's always fun when the the people at your regular life find out you're a magician exactly because it, it goes one of two ways <laughs> yes <laughs> they're like magic is awesome or oh 
Okay. 100%. Yeah. And like for me, like I specifically, like even though everyone knew I answered magic in the questionnaire, like I didn't hide uh-huh. that at all. I also didn't want to advertise that I was a magician because I right. didn't want to be labeled as the magic guy before yeah. I get to know people. So at least I felt like, okay, this is my third week here. Mm-hmm. I've started to like know people. They've befriended me because of me, not because I'm the guy who does magic tricks. Right. So like now if I do magic, it's not a big deal because like I've already cemented my place as a person here. I'm not yeah. introducing myself as the, the magic dude. So, which is actually yeah. something that uh, Jeff Price was the one who told me about that. Because when he started his new job, he didn't let people know he was a magician for a while because he wanted the same thing. He wanted to make sure that, like, they knew him for him. Right. And then he was like, oh, by the way, I do magic. So Yeah. I, I had the same thing when I <laughs> – I've moved around a lot. I've started a bunch of new jobs. And, like, the first time, I was just like, well, so what do you do? Oh, I'm a magician. <laughs> and then that was what I did. So I'm like, not again. Never yeah. again <laughs> yeah. will I do that. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing at all. Like, some people... Yeah, like, oh, no, for sure. If you want to be... Magic no, is, the magic is their life. But, like, since yeah. for me, magic is a huge part of my life, but it's not my life, I wanted to, like, make sure that, like... Because this is my first job in the industry. So, again, I also didn't want to be, like, known as the magician guy and not known as, like, oh, he's a good animator, so... Yeah, like, you go to another company years down the line, oh, you're the animator... Well, you're the magic guy, right? Exactly. Yeah, and like I'm cool with that, but like I just yeah. didn't want that to be my defining quality. I'd rather be like, oh wow, we hired you because you're an amazing animator and you're a magician. Well, that's cool, but this yeah. is why we hired you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really cool. Well, that's all the questions. So we just actually ended the podcast, and we got one more question, and it's from Sean, who Josh was talking about a bit in the podcast. So we just wanted to answer it. So from Reddit, from Sean, his username I fight for users. Ask Josh what his favorite routine to perform is, and why is it the two-man, one-coin routine? <laughs> so I'm, I'm really glad he asked this question, because, okay, so like I said, uh, Sean was, like, the first magician that I ever, like, hung out with on a regular basis, like, in person. And one of the things that we came up with, because, like, we both went to UCF, uh, so we would meet in, like, the student union and hang out, or sometimes we'd hang out in my dorm since I lived on campus. And I, I honestly don't remember how it came to be. But we decided that it'd be really funny if we came up with a two-person one-coin routine. <laughs> and it, it, was, it was so stupid, but it was so funny. And basically, the, the thing that kind of made it hilarious is between the two of us, we didn't have the same coins. So, nice. like, Sean would be producing a Walking Liberty and then hand it to me. I'm doing air quotes for mm-hmm. the people who don't see me. Uh, and I would pick it up and it'd be a Kennedy half dollar. And then we would, at the end, end with, like, a jumbo coin. And I think the coin at one point was, like, a jumbo dime. So it was, like, none of the coins matched up. <laughs> and it, it was so funny. But, like, the thing was is the first time we showed anyone else, because, like, we would just do it for ourselves. Um, and we thought we were hilarious. Mm-hmm. And so we're at the uh, Magic Estate. This was, I think this was actually, the yeah, this was the first time I went. So, like, Sean had just taken me to the Magic Estate. And we start to perform, and Chad Long is there. And... The, the way the routine basically goes is Sean is the one performing. And I come over and I'm an asshole and I take the coin from him. So it's, <laughs> it's, so it's really funny for magicians because there's a bunch of coin sites going on. For uh-huh. lay people, it, like a lot of the magic moments are moments that they don't notice because right. it's like the coin is in his hand and I do a false transfer and now it's in my hand. Um, but so we're doing the routine and Chad Long is just walking by 
And so he sees Sean performing and then he sees me interrupt and then he's like, wait, is this a thing? This is a thing. So he got like really excited. <laughs> yeah. So obviously other people came over and watched us and it's, there's a video somewhere on the internet. Uh, I, that's going to be people's homework. If they, if they really want to find this routine, they have to do the digging uh, for it. But there is a video out there of Sean and I doing this routine. And yeah, that I, I'm going to say that's my favorite routine to perform because it's one of the funniest <laughs> things that we have ever come up with. So. Awesome. If I've got this uh, nailed right, I do believe I found your fool-ass routine. It should be it should be this one man two man one coin routine. Oh oh okay <laughs> yeah. yes yes so, yeah. yes then, then you found it yep. yeah I, I think you should yeah be not this. the foolish routine but this is the the one coin routine. Yeah. No no I think you should do that on foolish. Oh that oh should you, be your foolish routine yeah you should go on there and do that. <laughs> that would actually be really I feel like that'd be really good if like Sean and I were both people who had like fooled them before. Oh right and, and then they, like, you come back. It up, and they're like yeah. Sean and Josh are coming back and they're doing an act together mm-hmm. and then we do this routine and I think yeah. that would just be the funniest yeah. thing like. Season world. five, Josh Janowski fools. Um, season seven, Sean I don't know his last name fools. Think okay, yeah, he fools them. Season like fifteen, you guys come together and just do this. <laughs> yes, yes, and it should be the final episode ever, and yeah. we're the final routine, and then just like really, that's what we're ending on. Yeah, you get the super foolish trophy, and then <laughs> they like pull out like yeah. a giant fu. It'd be great. Thank you so much for coming and embracing mortality and getting putting audio clips out there (laughs) (laughs) yeah no my pleasure thanks for having me